Hey, what's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place once again, Mickey Smith Jr. You know what time it is. See the Sound, the podcast that looks a little bit deeper, that delves a little bit more. Now, listen, I'm not talking about the sound that's necessarily audible. I'm talking about the sound that is internal, the significance that we all carry, that thing that allows us to be a difference maker in whatever stage we may be on. My stage may be a platform, but your stage may be the boardroom. It may be the living room, but every room you're in is a life room when you make it better with your sound. So today, uh, I'm honored and privileged to have guests that join us that allow us to see the sound, the significance, not only in each day and every opportunity, but in the heart of the individual. And this one's special for me, y'all. Look, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. Today's a special one because today I have a former student. As an educator, oftentimes we don't get the privilege of seeing the fruit and seeing what happens for, uh, you know, as a result of the time we spend in the classroom. But today, <laughs> you're in for a special treat because this young man uh, not only has been a great student, but he has grown to be a phenomenal young man. And uh, his story is an amazing one. And uh, his voice will definitely be one that encourages you. So without any further ado, I want to introduce to our See the Sound family, the one and only Mr. Frederick Bell. Frederick, man, welcome, welcome to See the Sound. It is so good to be here with Hubert Mickey Smith Jr., my former educator and a man who meant so much to me growing up. Hey, Thanks hey, hey, look, that's how you know we go back. My man said the whole name. Look, everybody didn't know about the Hubert <laughs> thing, but he brought it out. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, look, it's it's an honor to have you here. And today, um, I know everybody's going to be blessed by this and, and as much as I am. And I appreciate you. Listen, listen, see the sound family. You know the deal. On the other side of this sound you will see the sound. And once again, we are back. See the sound. It's the podcast, y'all. And uh, I'm delighted today. I mean, I'm always, I'm always, you know, excited about our guests and, and, and I'm always looking forward to um, getting to know the heart of individuals. But today, got to be honest with you, today is different. Today hit different. Today's, today's an exciting one because um, it's not often that I have a history with all the guests. And in this instance, uh, my history goes back quite a bit. This young man uh, walked into my band hall, so to speak, many, many years ago. And I could tell, and I'm not just saying this, but I, 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 I want you to know, I could tell even back then that there was something of significance to this young man. And, uh, and it has just amazed and astonished even myself to watch his journey and to watch him grow not just personally but even professionally in everything that he's doing and um and i'm just being selfish because it's my podcast i said i want to have this young man back and give us an excuse to just kind of talk a little bit and hopefully in the process there'll be something that that encourages you as well so Frederick, man, look, it feels so weird because I never call students by their first name. I always called y'all like, you know, Mr. or Mrs. And so, so Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell, so to speak. It is so good to have you. How you feeling today, man? It feels good. And that is so reminiscent of uh, my time in the band hall, Mr. Bell and all the other Mr. and Mrs. It, it was because you respected us. Yeah. We had a lot of respect for you. And uh, I think that was something that really important that you did. Uh, for us, but I'm doing good uh, right now. I'm here in Washington, D.C., moved here about uh, four months ago, and um, it's been a good time, but I got to say I'm missing back home in Louisiana uh, yeah. a lot, but uh, I, I love the work that I'm doing here, and it means so much to me. So. I, I hear you, man. As, as, another, uh, as another Louisiana ambassador, 
I ain't gonna say refugee. We just gonna say <laughs> we gonna say ambassador. As another as another traveling Louisiana man, there I, I definitely I definitely miss home. I miss the folks. I miss the food. Right? Um, there's just some things that you you don't realize fully until until it's not there anymore. And definitely home home is is one of those things. So um, you mentioned it. So I want to dig into it a little bit more now. Now now look, I, I'm excited about your bio, man. I mean, you know, for those that don't know. We are Southwest Louisiana, uh, Sulphur, Louisiana specifically, and and your journey took you through Maplewood, the school that I taught at. Were you at Maplewood all the way from pre-K, or how, how did that work with you? Right. So I was born in Hammond, Louisiana. Gotcha. Most of my family is from a little small town uh, that also Tyler Perry hails from, Greensburg, Louisiana. Wow. About 500 people are there. You drive through you blink you'll miss it uh, there's one stoplight we had a subway a few years ago but they got rid of that uh but it's it's a wonderful little community uh so that's where i spent uh just a few years before my mother found a job in the lake charles area you know where uh we lived in, in sulfur where i ended up going to high school uh, middle school and elementary school so i started in second grade uh at oh. maplewood and then all the way up until eighth grade is when we moved uh, away from that community but it was a, a very special place and a very special time. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. You know, uh, so so I guess ironically, you kind of moved back to the same region, right? Like uh, Baton Rouge. I, it 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 was so crazy because uh, you were a fantastic student. Quiet. I I I, I thought of you like the quiet storm. You know, uh, you you didn't say a whole lot, but when you did say something, you know, folks kind of got quiet. Like you 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 required folks to listen because you never really said anything idly and i noticed that you know um we started you out on trumpet and then as time went on look i got a confession to make and all my band directors out there that's listening i'm gonna give you my little my little governmental secret so to speak frederick look look so in the band world and some i'm gonna offend somebody with this but it's all love today don't, don't try not to stay offended if you get offended in the band world the drummers are low-key like like uh you know uh, how do they say menace to society like like the drummers like the drummers are like oh man those drummers those drummers and and i found out something in my just in my opinion i don't think drummers are bad people but what happens is a lot of times in band because drum is easier to start meaning at the beginning of band you're playing like playing this long note and this, but the drums just go hit you know, so drum, drummers are usually smart fellas, but they get bored in the back, right? They get bored being in the rear of the band and separating. What happens is that propensity to to explore opportunities and and uh, and, and, and and that 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 intellect that that bodes so well for the percussion also leads to a lot of mischief in the back because you got these curious <laughs> souls, and and they have all this idle time. So drummers tend to be like. You know, like I said, kind of like the menace to societies. But what I've started doing, what I started doing at Maplewood was, if you recall, I didn't really start anybody on drums. Everybody started on a wind instrument. And the reason for that was I felt when we did the trial sessions, everybody and their mama either thought they was going to play the drums or the saxophone because I played it. Right. So <laughs> I, I, I took I took I took the drums off the table and look, look, I'm giving all kind of secrets. And when it comes to saxophone, this is horrible. Somebody, somebody is gonna hate me for this. When it comes to saxophone, I would put like the strongest size reed on the saxophone 
to where only the best of the best could actually play it. So that weeded out a lot of kids. So what happened was kids ended up finding other things that that really appealed to them. And our band had really good instrumentation. But most importantly, everybody got to learn the fundamentals of tone production and understanding how notes and, and rhythms worked in a way that oftentimes drummers don't get. But here's the reason I said all that. What I did was, if you were a percussionist, and I'm, I never told you this before, but if you were a drummer, you actually had like a two-year job interview. Because what I did was over that sixth grade year and seventh grade year, I watched, and I only put the best people on the percussion. I only put the people, and when I say the best, it didn't always necessarily mean that maybe you were the most gifted musically, which in your case, you were gifted musically, but it was integrity. I wanted people that I could trust, people that if I walked out the room, I knew for the most part, they keep practicing people that I knew that if I that I've left them in a situation that if there was somebody that wasn't as talented, that they wouldn't tear that person down, but they would help build him up. We had a young man that was in the percussion group. He was he he swore up and down. He was going to the NBA and sometimes he needed a little bit of help. And I remember we break. If you remember this, we used to break out into to groups. And I gave y'all opportunities to help uplift one another. And um, so so by you being a percussionist, you were actually you were actually handpicked and selected. It wasn't just who we had left. It was it was the cream of the crop. So um, your your experience, your experience being in the band, you talked about it before. You said you remembered the Mr. and the Mrs. and the respect. But I'm just curious, what were some things you remembered from your experience being in band that just kind of when you think back? makes you go, yeah, that was kind of cool. Gosh, what, I mean, what do I start? I can tell you this, um, you know, and you were so masterful at it. And I think fifth grade, uh, somewhere in elementary school, I remember seeing these really mysterious signs <laughs> around, around the building. So, something about comments or, or, yeah. or CBE. <laughs> CBE. That's what you. That's what you did. See, and I'm like, what is CBE? I'm talking to everybody like, what is CBE? And everyone's doing that. And 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 you knew we'd do this, but that really piqued my interest, wow. um, and that really got me hooked. And so, you know, I got in like everybody else. Started on on the recorder, uh, then went on the trumpet, and I think I wanted to be saxophone. But what you said uh, earlier, I think was I'm true. Sorry. I, I think I was. I think I was weeded out. That's okay. That's okay. The trumpet. The trumpet was a lovely instrument, and I loved, uh, you know, my my bandmates who also played trumpet. But I also remember, I mean, you taught me something else that was very important: patience. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, during my interview period, uh, looking back a lot at at the uh, percussionist, and and you said to me one time in a very stern voice, which you know, which I appreciated. You know, hey, if you keep looking back there, Mister Bell. You know, you, you're never gonna be back. There. <laughs> Stay focused, stay focused on your instrument. And, and I, I remember those words. I stayed focused on my trumpet. And when I finally got to move on to percussion, uh, I really appreciated that. But uh, it was a really good time. And I can tell you, uh, going to band was probably the happiest hour uh, that I had uh, in middle school. And it was an opportunity to really express myself. Uh, some of my really good friends who I still talk to uh, to this day, uh, I met in, in the band hall. Um, so, I mean, that was an incredible time. I, and, um, you know, it's, it's funny to hear you say that I was uh, gifted um, <laughs> because I, I really did enjoy it. 
and uh, I need I need to pick it back up. And I, I have since I have not picked up the instrument in a long time, but I really do uh, want to to get back into it. So uh, this conversation has inspired me to do that. Well, that's good. Cool. Hey, it's like riding a bike. The good news is it's in there. They had this old commercial back in the day. I'm dating myself, but they had I think it was Pregu. It was like a spaghetti sauce, and it said Pregu. It's in there. And I, I don't know, it always struck me because like there's some things once they once they permeate and they're in there, it's an investment. And that's how I look at teaching this. I never I never teach to make y'all professional musicians. I'm just trying to make an investment. I'm trying to add something to the well, to the vault or to the toolbox, rather. So when you get into life and you working on stuff, hopefully there's something you can reach back to and find that was like, wait, wait a minute. There was more to that. Like in your case, you know, like like one of the lessons i hope you learn and 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 others learn that that if you keep looking at what other people doing you'll miss your opportunity to do it and really that's what it was because because i knew your time was coming and i I knew i knew you were gonna get it but i knew what we were working on that day was so important that if you were focused on something else you were gonna miss the very thing that was gonna make you capable something that was gonna make you uh 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 uh, ready for that opportunity when it got there. Cause a good friend of mine always says opportunity knock, but it ain't obligated to come back. And sometimes we, we so busy, man, that opportunity knock. And then if you miss it, sometimes it's just gone forever. So, uh, I, I do remember saying that because you, you were the type of student, I'm gonna be honest. There's some students I had, I actually lost track of how much stuff I had to redirect them with or things I had to say, but it was very rare that I even have to say anything. And I'm not just saying this because we're on the line. I distinctly remember that moment because you was hungry for them drums, man. I mean, you wanted them bad boys. I was like, look, bro, I need you to get what we're doing now. And you know what? You did it. You did it. And and you talk about the patience. Um, that's so important. I tell folks all the time, uh, you know, especially young directors, that that we have to exercise the patience too, because as hard as it is for y'all sometime when y'all are in those in, in at that stage you know how hard it is to play hot cross buns every day as a grown man <laughs> you know how hard it is to come like literally i'm coming off the plane i'm coming off tour playing with folks and then here we are doing mary had a little lamb but people would ask they're like man mickey why didn't you go travel and do that more because it wasn't even about the music it was about this it was about the opportunity to to make like you like i said early an investment in something that was going to last longer than the song you know when the song was over you still here and, and and your memories are still there and and the lessons that were taught the lessons that were caught are still uh are still being worked out like you're still doing it i mean fast forward you left the band but the band never left you you brought it to lsu go tigers brought it to right. tulane right Go Green Wave, right? Wait, is it the Green Wave? Did I say that right? Yes, yes, Green oh, Wave. That's good deal, it. good deal. I doubted myself for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and now, also, like I said, DC. My, you know, I brought it to my high school because right? you know I left after eighth grade, That's true. and you know we had a. It was my, I went to a very small high school. We had about four hundred people, K through twelve. Okay, I had twenty about twenty one classmates. So um, was it you know, was it like a specialty high school? Was it like it was just a small? It was gotcha. a magnet school, yeah. Gotcha. Um, no so surprise. There was a high school, and you know, certain students with a certain performance level would come come to that school. But we had a very small band, um, and the band director Maurice Miles, 
I remember him being very happy when I came up to him and said, I, I want to play. I, I, I got my drumstick still um, and, and I'm ready to go. And I think we had a, we had a performance uh, later that, that year and I was on the drum set and uh, I was okay. the only one who knew how to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was a good. band director's dream. I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh, it went really well. That, that, that's so cool. And I, and I tell young people and, and for those educators that may be listening or even parents that may be listening that are considering like maybe my kids should do this the beautiful thing about music is it travels well like 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 no matter where you go you you automatically have an advantage because by having that skill set you can get plugged into some things that some folks are left out of because they didn't get that opportunity my daughter um has actually you know just just due to circumstances and, and opportunities and blessings. Um, she's actually we did the count didn't think about it till early this year. She's been to four campuses in four years, but has thrived at each one. And one of the reasons is there's certain things, certain skill sets, certain giftings that she has, that when she steps onto a campus, she's able to get plugged in. And the thing about music, like I said, it travels well, it's a universal language. You know, like, honestly, you can go to you can go to Beijing, China, and if they need the drum set player and you you can knock the dust off, knock the rust off a little bit. All of a sudden, you're going to make some new friends. They're going to come up. Oh, you know, you go to Japan and play that bad boy. They're like, Kanishiwa. You know, they're going to be like, I want to know you. And uh, I think that's the beauty of music. It's such a still such an untapped resource uh, as far as the, the opportunity to develop somebody in those formative years. Um, but I, th I think it's so cool now, you know uh looking at you you know you went through those things uh you know you're in dc now uh tell me what what you know what are you working what are you working toward what are you what are you doing now what's your aspirations and hopes obviously you don't just move to dc just to go to dc and nothing in your life has been by happenstance at this point so what's the intention what's what's what, what you what you working on now man right and um so you talked a lot about how I was really quiet in middle school, and I was. And, um, you know, it was going through uh, those years of band and all, all that. You talking about finding your voice, finding your sound. Uh, that helped me uh, find my sound. So when I relocated after uh, eighth grade um, to the Baton Rouge area for high school, uh, I started to find my voice a little bit and started to figure out sort of what I wanted to do and what um, was sort of important to me and what I was passionate about. And I had, you know, just lost my father in 2012. And I also started thinking about my purpose, right? And, and what, what he would want. And we had the same name, you know, Frederick Dwayne Bell. I'm, I'm a junior, you're a junior. Mm -hmm. So you always like to carry that name. Yeah. Um, so I'm carrying his name. I'm thinking about what I can do. And uh, they got me thinking about uh, politics and how hmm. it is just inherently connected to people and our everyday lives. You know, someone once said to me, you can't think of a single thing that someone does that isn't connected to a political decision someone made, uh, you know, far away. So I decided that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, it was great. I told my mom I was upset that she moved us away because I was just starting to make a lot of friends, a lot yeah. of different band. But it was probably one of the best things that had happened to me because I was able to go right down the street to the Louisiana State Capitol um, and work on some uh, really cool um local state and national campaigns and so i i did that 
uh, political thing. And I, and I was able to you know, go knock on doors and get people out to vote, people who were way older than me before I could even yeah. vote. Uh, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old at the time. I could even vote. And people were saying, oh, my gosh, there's an election happening. I said, yes. And <laughs> here's who's on the ballot. Uh, you know, here are the, uh, you know, important measures that's going to affect your community. You, you need to get out and vote. Um, so that that worked. Uh, I did all that all throughout college, high school and college. And it put me in some really important places, really important rooms uh, with people. And um, I just recognize the importance of just making sure that you have a seat at the table and that you're using your voice yeah. and that you are using your sound um, to make sure uh, your community is heard. So um, that brought me here to, to DC. I'm now working at uh, this uh, nonprofit here. We're trying to do some really important work to fix our democracy. You know, we're, we're looking at um, should Washington DC be a state uh, with the population here and the kind yeah. of people that are here. Um, you know, should, should DC be a state? You know, we're coming up on Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, birthday. Uh, in a couple weeks. And so I'm actually working. I was before this, I was on a call with uh, Martin Luther King III. Wow. Uh, his, his son and uh, his, the, the entire King family planning some actions for Martin Luther King Day across the country. Uh, so it's it's um, humbling to get to work with some of the people that I work with and get to work on some of the issues that I work, uh, work on. And right now I'm hoping to uh, Go to law school soon, you know, been sending applications and preparing yeah. for that. Want to start law school and just get back to Louisiana and give back however I can um, to my community. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot of issues in our state. I often say, despite all of its challenges, we have a lot of potential mm -hmm. and we just need someone who's willing to invest in the state. And um, that's what I'm hoping to do. Man, and look, 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 and you will. You will do it. You will do it. And, and and I'm certain of it, just as certain as I was that that you were the man for the job, so to speak, for that mm -hmm. for that percussion. And now you're going to you're going to set the beat for for all our progression from here on out. And, and, right. and you're right. Louisiana has had so much potential, but um, I believe it's time for promise. It's time to go from potential to promise, you know, and, and I'm looking at you, man, right now. I'm listening to you. And, and I'm so excited because my mind goes back to that fifth grade recruitment thing. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and put my little plug in right now. Cause look, you up here talking with, 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 with Martin Luther King, the third, I'm just glad I got, a, I, I'm glad I got a call back today, man. Cause this is the start of much more, I believe. Um, but I'll say this, just like your interest was peaked with CBE. I'm going to go ahead and put my, put my, uh, put my request in for, for FBJ. We had LBJ, but I want, I want FBJ. <laughs> <laughs> For those folks that don't know, back in the day when when I did the recruitment, I believe that minimalism is the best way to go. So I didn't tell the kids a whole bunch of stuff. I just put I put like a hundred and some odd sheets of paper and I had a big letter C on one paper, a big letter B on another paper and a big letter E. And I just plastered them everywhere like something out the Twilight Zone. Didn't I came up there like at five in the morning and did that before y'all came to school. And, and when the kids came, they were like, man, what is this? And I was walking through the halls. Y'all never knew it was me. And I'm just kind of laughing on the inside, looking at everybody going crazy. And it just said, CBE, everybody's doing it. Don't be left out. And then every day I come back with a little bit more and a little bit more. Find out Monday, May the 7th or whatever it was. And by the time we got to the end of that, people were so excited. And there's just something about that anticipation 
about what's coming next. And and I said all that to say, I feel that same energy, that energy that you felt about what is this that's coming. I feel that even listening to you, I feel that there's something so powerful that that's in your that's in your in your present, not just in your future. Um, that I'm I, I believe we're just privileged to see it, and I'm I'm just honored to have had a small a small chapter in the book that is FBJ. Look, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just keep on saying it. I think if I keep saying it, I, I might get, I, I might see a little campaign poster. If I see a campaign poster that says FBJ, I'm gonna lose my stuff. I'm gonna be excited, man. I'm just saying. Look here, MSJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you uh, I'm gonna send you a check if if it goes well. Come on. And but but you were right uh, that CVE you you left us wanting more. That, that yeah. minimalistic approach was really important. But I also wanted to mention since you know I saw I was working with the King family. Uh, you know, Dr. King understood the importance of, uh, of music as well, because he mm. talked a lot about uh, that drum major instinct and meaning the instinct to be a leader. Um, and I remember he had a sermon uh, about this that he delivered uh, back in 68 um, at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, you know, that he was the pastor of in Atlanta. And uh, I have the quote here. He said, if you want to say that I was a drum major, Say that I was a drum major for justice. Mm -hmm. Say that I was a drum major for peace. Say that I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I, I just want to leave a committed life behind. I and I think, you know, you know drum majors. Uh, I played, I know drum majors, and you have to have the instinct to, to lead, to lead on the field and command uh, for the issues of peace, justice, um, and, you know, righteousness for your community and beyond. So, you know, he understood. That's it. Okay. That's it. And 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 look, see the sound. You see what I'm talking about. I told you. I told you <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. This brother right here knows. He 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 has an awareness. And and you know when you talk about that drum majoring, look, I'm gonna go ahead. I look. I'm, I'm like I'm like that old uncle. Well, I don't make me pull the uniform out. You know, drum major, McNeese State University. I'm just saying, right. two years, baby, right here. We know a little something. I blew the whistle. I brought the band out. And That's and right. I say that I say that for this reason that that. You know, when we keep talking about the sound, you know, I believe everybody does have a sound. And I believe some people's sound continues to echo and resonate, you know, historically, like Dr. King's, because some people's sound is so powerful because, as he so eloquently put it in that quote, the noise doesn't diminish their sound. And I, I want to encourage folks right now because, you know, as you're listening to, to Frederick speak, as Mr. Bell is speaking and, and, and you're hearing our, our, our dialogue back and forth, it can be easy for someone to be cynical and say, yeah, but you don't understand the problems we're facing. There, there's always been problems. There's always been challenges. Matter of fact, if you Google any year, there's always a crisis. Winston Churchill said, never let a good crisis go to waste. It's just a crisis, you know, and I don't mean to be... Um, uh, you know, snark, snarky, or I don't mean to be uh, um, demeaning to anybody. And because I, I know people in this crisis have suffered. People in this crisis have even experienced loss. But I'm going to double down on it again. It's only a crisis, meaning if it wasn't this, it would be something else because it's always been something for someone, for some segment of the population, for all the population. You Google any year, there's always been some crisis in every single year. So, so in this season in this regard i would encourage people to turn down the noise now when i say the noise now look mr bell you may get upset at me on this one because this is this is this is your this is your profession i understand just like i have to go be professionally developed and i have to go listen to certain performances and attend certain conferences 
I understand you have to watch the nose. Now, I'm going to say that again because somebody's like, wait, wait he misspoke. Uh, uh, you have to watch the nose. I call it the nose because the news is so negative sometimes. I just call it the nose. So you have to watch the news sometimes. But, but, but I don't think that we have to be consumed and overcome by it. So I'm saying that because for some of us, turning down the noise is turning down the news. It's turning down the nose. It's turning down the negatives in our life. And if you can do that, if you can position yourself, then you understand noise is simply nothing of importance stops excellence. When we turn down the noise, then our sound becomes bigger than the problems. I believe that problems are there. They're real. I'm not trying to sell pie in the sky. I'm not telling you that that the glass is half full and it really is half empty. That's your determination. What I'm saying is problems were meant to be recognized, not to be committed to. And when you think about Dr. King, he had he faced so many problems, but Every time I look at him and I think of him historically, I see someone who didn't focus solely on the problem. He focused on the solution. And I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us all to recalibrate. When I say see the sound, that's what it is. I need I need everybody to see the significance. If I can be honest with you, I actually wrote my letter of resignation for teaching because I got consumed by the noise. This was before Grammys. This is about the time you was in school, man. And you wouldn't know it until I just told you that this just now. You know, people like, oh, everything was great. No, it was just as challenging for me as it is any other teacher. But fortunately, watch this. <laughs> I don't have you on here for any form or fashion or to flex or to brag, but because the only reason I kept teaching was there was a little girl who wrote me a letter the very day I sat down to write my letter of resignation. She sent me and three other students, two other students sent me handwritten letters that just so happened to come in. See, there's no coincidences in life. Those letters came in the exact day I sat down at my dining room table to write my letter of resignation. And before I finished writing it, something said, open up these letters and I read them. And this little girl's words were so powerful as well as the other two young men who wrote that I literally, I first off, I cried all over her letter, and I ain't the crying type dude, but I ain't gonna lie, I, I cried some fat tears on that bad boy, and uh, and I tore up that letter of resignation because at the end of the day, man, I just wanted to know that what I did mattered, and that little girl's letter, she had no idea how important it was. She also had no idea that just a few short years later, I'd hold Alicia Keys' hand at the Grammys, and Alicia Keys would say, "We need you." But Alicia don't understand. Her words were, were a few years too late. Had that little girl, Dia Jones, had she not written it before Alicia said it, I would have never been here with you. So this is a beautiful opportunity for me to hear firsthand from you what the experience meant, how you're taking those things, how you're utilizing them now. And most importantly, it's an opportunity for educators that are out there everywhere to understand that the seeds that you're sowing they're not wasted. All we can really leave in this thing called life is what we believe. So your actions and your deeds ultimately become like a seed. So the, the stuff that you're giving your treasure, that's not just for you. It's not for your enjoyment. It's not for your pleasure. But but success is one when when we <laughs> together we overcome. We shall overcome, as Dr. King would have said. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm reminded that everything matters. And you're reminding everybody that as well, too, man. Wow. Wow, that's um. I mean, you're right. I mean, I definitely wouldn't have known that you were uh, thinking about leaving. 
which would have been a tremendous loss uh, for I know for me and for many students like me. Uh, so I'm so so glad that uh, she wrote that letter, and I, I wish I would have wrote a letter back. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wow, that's incredible. Hey, but you you encouraging me now, man. I mean, you know, and 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 I don't talk about these things a lot. And 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 for those of you that may be listening, that may be like, oh, I never really heard Mickey talk about this. Hey, it, it's all good, you know. Uh, I, I'm I'm also, you know, uh, I also have a, a lot of gifts and talents, but you don't walk around talking about that stuff. I always said it in class: don't just talk about it, be about it, be about it, right? But but in this instance, I think it's worth noting that that for me, you are right now being such an encouragement to me as a black man. You know, there's a narrative that's sometimes written. You know, for so many students, I may have literally been the first African American male that they encountered. Now, how do I know that? Somebody said, Mick, you're exaggerating. No, I literally had children come back as adults and tell me that I was literally the only person of color that they had a, that they had a personal relationship with. And I say personal relationship because band is multiple years. And and for those students that continued in high school in that particular community, I was a fixture at that high school program too. So we're talking like seven years. And if they went to college at the local university, I was a fixture in that music department. I did some adjunct work. So we're talking like now, you know, depending on how long it take you to graduate. Now we're talking, you know, over a decade, right? And, right. and and for many students, that was the longest standing relationship they may have had with somebody that may look have looked like me. And they found out a lot of things. I had students tell me, man, I didn't realize, you know, you're a person just like me. And 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 we had more in common that, that we had different. And of course, these are not conversations you have with the typical 11 year old. But as right. they're adults, they come back and they share things with you. But now fast forward as 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 a black man. Okay, of, of a little bit of age now. I got a little gray, got a few gray hairs in the beard now. It's so encouraging to see a young man such as yourself that's able to continue to operate in excellence and continue to represent culture and represent everything that I believe is is great and, and to be able to see a little bit of what I hope that the next and the best will be in you, man. So um, this is encouraging. You didn't write that letter, but you live in the letter, man. You live in the letter. Well, yeah, that, yes, um, that yeah, that's incredible, and I um, can tell you that uh, you were uh, the first black teacher that uh, that I had, and um, for you know growing up in that community in Sulphur, uh, for everything we love about it, sure, uh, wasn't uh, the best place for. Uh, a young black man like myself to grow up. So, I mean, literally, uh, you probably saved my life. Just being able to mm -hmm. see you and having to go into that space where uh, there were there were some days that, you know, students and even teachers are very hostile mm -hmm. uh, to me. So it, it was good to, to see that and uh, to see you, because uh, like you said, there's a narrative that's written about us. What you see on TV, what you know, what people expect, the box they try to put you in. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to see a you know black man that was that came to school every day, well dressed in that suit, you know, you had always had that uh, that nice shirt and tie on, <laughs> uh, sleeves rolled up, ready to work, and and that was an image for me that I think was important. And I, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time, maybe, but it was good for me to see that. Mm -hmm. um, so really, to be an inspiration, a role model like that. Um, I think is, is something else that you did. I, I, everything you did, you, you, you really did that. So uh, thanks again. 
man no thank you and and it's so good to hear that those little things made a difference um i made that conscious decision years ago to dress up Uh, my grandmother would always um speak about teaching just in such reverence and born in 1910 you know, she she grew up, you know, women couldn't vote when she was born. She grew up in Jim Crow South. And, you know, she saw a lot of the progression of our country. And one of the most powerful things was in, in her community, you know, one of the most noble professions you could attain was being a teacher. I mean, you had to go to college for that. And it was one of the few professional uh, endeavors that a person of color could do and, and do and do freely, so to speak. There wasn't a lot of pushback on that. Uh, because there were schools that 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 welcomed them, and um, it, and it was it puts you in a, a state of status in the community. So I can remember she'd always talk about teaching, like a master teacher. She'd talk about it like, bro, you was like you was the president if you was a teacher, and <laughs> and that kind of stuck with me. And then on a lighter note, part of the reason I dressed up my first year teaching, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not the I'm not the girthiest or biggest fella in the in the room. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not I'm a slender man, so one day one day look i'll make you laugh man one day i wore a white polo shirt and some khaki <laughs> pants to school and when i tell you i must have got fussed at in the hallway about 10 times people was telling me i was late to class people asked me what are you doing in this hallway the teachers was going in on me it was like my first year teaching i said man these jokers going in on me i'm like i'm i'm an employee i'm a staff member i work here they was like oh i'm sorry mr smith we thought you was one of the kids and honestly i was about the same size as the kids right so uh so i decided then i said nah no more i'm gonna wear this shirt and this tie and then after a while i began to see there was some value in that but i never really knew until years went by and I begin to hear things like like what you shared that okay wait 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 he he he's conducting himself a little bit differently maybe I should conduct myself differently there's something so powerful I think that's part of our sound too it's it's our talk it's our walk it's our look it's everything that we do uh, that's uniquely us and uh, you know as a teacher it, 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 I hope this encourages you to not take light of anything that you do every everything matters everything everything and you too man everything matters. People are watching. People are watching. People are looking up at you. So um, that's 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 it. I tell you, that's it. And look, people are listening today, man. Look, look. Right. For my listeners out there, this is this. I told y'all. I tried to tell you. I said today is going to be one of those days that really speaks not just to your mind, but speaks to your heart. And hopefully, it speaks to your spirit. And when I say the spirit, the sound, the, that that essence, as I said before, that that you bring in. And if you didn't know that who you are and what you do matters, then then I don't know what to tell you now. If you don't realize that, because you've heard it firsthand, unscripted. I mean, we didn't we didn't talk about any of this stuff uh, before we got on today. It's just an opportunity to reconnect. And this has been such a value adder to me, uh, just to hear those words and to see you and hear you in this in this stage of your life that you're in and, and and to know that that this thing called life our world it's in good hands you know we get a lot of narratives like oh my goodness this next generation what's gonna happen i think a lot of good is gonna happen because we have folks that 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 understand that it's not about you it's not about me it's about we that idea of ensemble that idea that life is better when we band together that you can't even have the word band without the word and people that understand that it's our collective nature that makes the sound sweet so today I'm not really speaking to an audience as much as you and I today are conducting a symphony because everybody's got that sound they're bringing. And uh, speaking of sound, 
Mr. Bell, we going we we got a tradition. This is the lightning round. Our last few moments right. here today, we have something we call the sound check. And uh sound is an acronym and on the other side of this sound check, we going to challenge you today to see if you can uh if you can if you can answer the call today. So are you up for the challenge? I am up for the challenge. I, I knew you would be. So. I knew you would be. All right. So here we go guys. On the other side of this sound, we'll be back with the sound check. All right, we are back. We are back. And 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 look, this has been a powerful value adding episode. You know, and a lot of folks may have been listening, going, Well, you know, Mickey, why you got the former student on here? What can we learn from a student? Well, I don't think you can be a good teacher until you are a student. And I think that that the best teachers are lifelong learners. So our job, when you say teacher and student, it's just a transfer. It's just a transfer of value. And the cool thing is the more I teach, the more I receive from those people that I pour out of. So I want to encourage somebody today that 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 if you have been teaching for a while, go back and look for opportunities, not just to fill up cups, but to be filled as well, too, um, because that's how we that's how we stay in the game. That's how we keep from burning out. That's how we keep on making that measurable impact and difference. And uh, today, today, we're going to put my man, Mr. Bell, on the hot seat. This is what we call the sound check. Now, now, Mr. Bell, sound is an acronym. This is a personal thing I do every morning. For those that are familiar, you know about the Promise Compass and how that's a management action plan that I use to help people uh, go from potential to promise and, and all that good stuff. But one element of the Promise Compass is this thing that I, that I do personally. This is not just something I just came up with. I literally do this every day to meet each day, to greet each day with love in my heart, to great each day with love in my heart, to operate with a sense of gratitude because, you know, at the end of the day, we all just humanity on display. There's nothing special about me, but I do understand there's something significant, but that significance only happens when I'm intentional about realizing it each and every day. So every day I challenge myself to S, see myself beyond myself. O, operate in optimism and excellence. You utilize all available resources in nourish relationships. And I literally write down how I'm going to do those things each and every day. And, and if you've been listening, y'all understand right now, I, look, you know he's my student. You know I love him because I never give away the acronym before I give him. But I, I'm showing some love today. I'm, I'm a benevolent ruler, so to speak. So I, 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 I've given the keys to the kingdom. So you got you got home court advantage. You already know what they are. But we're going we gonna to go through the 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 motions anyway so are you ready for the challenge i'm ready for the challenge Let's here go. we go here we go s talk to us what does it mean when i say see yourself beyond yourself wow um i i just immediately start to think about um you know what we talked about earlier right people are always watching uh think about uh, my cousins uh the young black men that i mentor it's hard to think of myself as a mentor but i've already had people come up to me um, asking for advice on uh, how to get involved politically or how to get uh, certain jobs or just just how to uh, thrive and giving back to their community. And also being able to see, you know, beyond yourself and seeing the community that raised you and how you have to invest and give back, right? Once you climb the ladder, reach down and pull up, you know, reach one, teach one is a saying I have in my fraternity. Um, and I think, I think that's important uh, to be able to see yourself beyond yourself, right? The younger you that you wish you had in your life. 
Wow, that's good. Be able to see the oh yeah, the younger you you wish you had in your life. Be able to be able to pour into those others. Hey, give a shout out. Now you can't just say you can't just say the fraternity. You know they listening. Come on, talk <laughs> they to them. Who, who who you with? Well, even though today is the Founders Day for uh, Kappa Alpha Psi, uh, happy Founders Founders Day to uh, to the men there. But I am a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Come on, Phi. Come on, I'm about to say, don't get us in trouble now. You got, you can't just, you can't just, look, you can't do CBE on that one. You got to go ahead and spell that bad boy out. So much I, I love. Do not, I do not spell it out. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, here we go. You batting a thousand, man. So here we go. We had see yourself beyond yourself. Talk to us. When we talk about operating in optimism and excellence, what does that look like to you? Operating on optimism and excellence. You know, I call myself um, a congenital optimist. You know, I wake up happy. Uh, I think it, it annoys some people because I'm so optimistic uh, because oftentimes really in life and, and especially in politics, it's so easy to succumb to cynicism Wow! and no one wants to get involved and everyone just wants to back up and say the whole system is corrupt. And that's how uh, typically the other side, the other side that isn't looking out for you, that's how they win. That's how they get ahead because uh, they know you're not looking and they can do things uh, with your life because they got the power. Uh, so I try to operate uh, with optimism always and and doing it, you know, trying to be excellent, uh, knowing I always fall short because you can always do better. Uh, but I think, you know, I think that's uh, that's what you have to, to do that, especially in this work in order to uh, to just stay happy and to not want to pull all your hair out and mm -hmm. uh, just just not be involved. So uh, I think I think that's how I approach it every day. Yeah. Well, I, I I know that's how you approach it. And there may be there may be folks that are cynical, so to speak, even listening right. to this and going, oh, that's just that's a speech he had. Him and Mickey worked that thing out before it came <laughs> on the live. No, I'm telling you, like this is spontaneous. And on top of that, <laughs> the beauty of it is this. I, I have a unique perspective because before he even knew what his sound was, he was already operating in it and he was always that optimist. He was always that person I could depend on to do their best. That's why he played the drums. And he's definitely that person that kept his eye on the prize. He might have peeked back every so often, but he always put the focus back on it. And and hearing you talk, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's so it's so uh, good to hear a young person who has an awareness of who they are. And so many folks in life are constantly searching for that, um, that when you can have that level of self-awareness, and assurance and a confidence in who you are. It's not even about you, but it makes you a lighthouse for others. And um, right. and definitely, that I think that's where the optimism comes in. You shine a light that others can see. And uh, sometimes we call it happy, but it's it's deeper. <laughs> it's a joy, man. It's a joy that yes. the world can't take away. Joyful warrior. That's what you gotta be. That's it. Joyful warrior. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, we're gonna hashtag that bad boy. Operating optimism <laughs> excellence. Joyful warrior. All right, all right. You got it. You got it. You give him, you give right. him a good value today. So next, next is utilize all available resources. What say you, sir? Oh wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think you know, growing up how I grew up, you know, with a single mother and my sister and uh, and that community, I really needed to. Uh, to utilize everything around me uh, that I could uh, to just want to keep going, you know, like your science says behind you, I got to yeah. keep on going. And uh, I think I try to, to utilize and, you know, implement that 
uh, mindset and practice uh, in my everyday work and uh, utilizing um, uh, all available resources in terms of friends, family, and uh, my community, and also trying to be a resource as well to others. Because uh, you, you, know, you, you talked about pouring in uh, and then letting others pour into you. Uh, there's a lot of uh, value that can come from uh, you being that in someone's life. And you know, you invest in someone who knows what your return will be and what they can do for you. So, uh, not that you should do it for that reason, but it's always a possibility. Um, so, you know, I mean, that, that's how I, I try to give back and, and try to uh, ensure that I'm using my resources and I'm being one as well to others. That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, you don't hear a lot of folks speak about the personal being a resource, but. Um, it, it, it is so important that we realize that because also too, when, when you get that, that, that perspective, it changes how you see yourself. You know, a few days ago, I'm going to be honest, if I can be perfectly honest with you, I wasn't feeling very exceptional. I was feeling kind of downtrodden. I was feeling just kind of defeated on some levels because I was trying to do some things. It was one of those days where everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And I had to write down the next morning in my sound check, I wrote, I am the solution. I am a solution, you know, and, and and somebody might look at that and go, oh, that's kind of arrogant. But what I'm saying is it changed my perspective. Not only did I see myself as a solution, but when I walked through those doors, I saw everybody there as value. I saw everybody there as someone who's bringing and adding value. And what am I saying? Everybody has a solution to something in your life. And when we can see people not as a burden, but as a benefit, that changes everything. And it starts with understanding that we all we all are a resource for one another. So that's that's good, man. You you brought that one back home. You brought that one back to my remembrance. That's that's good. And hopefully this benefits somebody else too. So look, we got one more. Now somebody said Mickey. Mickey that's how they spell out there in Louisiana. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I can spell. I know we don't end with N, but for the sake of the hot seat, we're ending today with N. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the value of this last letter in just a moment. So Talk to me. N stands for nourish relationships. Talk to me about the value of nourishing relationships. Right. Um, like we just talked about, um, folks can be a resource. Everyone has a story. That's what I, I tell people all the time. Everyone has a story. And you say everyone has a sound. And um, it's important to really get in and listen to uh, everyone's story, everyone's sound. Um, and then develop a relationship around that, because um, you know you never you never know what folks are going through, mm -hmm. and people just need people. They need a human. They need a human experience and a human connection. And I think uh, what's been so tough about uh, the current period that we're in uh, with COVID nineteen or COVID twenty, COVID twenty one, keeps on um, it's, it, we, we sort of lost that connection a bit. Uh, I mean, just seeing a smile on someone's face, uh, you know, has been difficult if folks are wearing, wearing a mask. Uh, I had to sit out, uh, Christmas this year, couldn't see some of my family. Um, you know, so, so that's tough, but I think it is causing folks, uh, to re recognize the importance of nourishing their relationships and either through zoom or, you know, in safe gatherings. Uh, so I've been trying to do that. Uh, just with some of the people who I believe are close to me and folks who, who I, I think um, could be uh, sort of a good 
source in my life or I can get, provide something to them as well. So, you know, I think nourishing relationships are important um, for a variety of reasons, but especially uh, in this current moment uh, that we're in. So uh, that's the answer I'll give for, for that. <laughs> You're right, man. I mean, and I'm, I'm hearing you. Life, life moves at the speed of relationships, mm -hmm. whether it's professional or personal. Um, no man is an island. No person is an island. Um, we can't do this thing alone. And like you said, like you said so eloquently, I mean, these these last few um, years um, have reminded us of what this thing called life feels like separated. And it don't feel good. It don't feel good because it was never meant to be that way. So um, if, if you didn't know, my man just told you, go out there and nourish those relationships because it's not good for people to be alone anyway. Even if you're a natural introvert, yeah, you still need people. We all need somebody to lean on, like the song says. So, right, and and I'll say this: I mean, uh, I work hard, uh, but a lot of the opportunities that that I have, I mean, most successful folks would tell you this: it required some skill, but also required a lot of luck. Mm -hmm. And I've just been lucky uh, to be in some really cool rooms, to be exposed to different people that have put a lot of opportunity in front of me that I've been able to take advantage of. And, you know, I talked earlier about reach one, teach one. I reach on the ladder and try to be that resource to people as well. So everything we sort of talked about uh, in our in our sound yeah. uh, is sort of wrapped up right there. So, well, well, look, I'm going to say this before we get to that last letter. I'm going to tell you this. The more prepared you are, the more luckier you are. And you a super lucky dude because you are super <laughs> prepared, dude. So don't don't. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but I'll tell you this, too. Most decisions made about us happen when we're not in the room, happens before we're in the room and your reputation precedes you. And for those educators that are out there, understand that the work that you're putting in is going to put you in some places that you could have never imagined. So don't quit. And why am I telling you that? Because D simply says this, don't stop, keep on going. And when you can see yourself beyond yourself, Operate in optimism and excellence daily. Utilize all available resources. Nourish relationships. And as we just said, don't stop. Keep on going. Not only can you be sound, but you can also be the sound to change this world. You can be the difference to bring change in this world in a positive way. And um, I'm so grateful for our time together, Mr. Bell. I appreciate you. And uh, I, I'm very grateful to just have a little bit of this time to, to reflect and to reminisce and hopefully remind somebody uh, that that who we are and what we do matters in ways that we can never imagine. So thank you on behalf of Cedar Sound. Thanks for being our guest today, man. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Smith. It was such an honor to be here on Cedar Sound. Thank you to your audience, all the listeners out there, uh, to be one of your first guests here with the Grammy award-winning artist, <laughs> Mr. Smith. Uh, thank you so much, really. This has well, been highlight of my uh, so far uh, of this year. So. <laughs> well, I tell you, this this has been a delight. Let our folks know how they can stay connected with you. If you got a website, because folks, you know, you want for you, we talked about the relationships. Let's nourish them. Let's right. let's stay connected. Like Al Green says, let's stay together. So talk to me real quick. How can we how can we stay connected with you? All right. So uh, I'm pretty active on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, as the kids call it, <laughs> um, as well. I do have a website, frederickbell.org. Um, and that's where folks sort of stay connected with me. Looking forward to connecting with everyone and uh, seeing how we can uh, all be sound and be the sound. Indeed, indeed. I couldn't said it any better, man. Well, look, 
for all my folks out there, um, you heard him say it. You heard him say so much today. Uh, a tremendous young man. And, and, and understand that you are tremendous in this season for ways that you know and for ways that only the time will tell and maybe until the weight of eternity is upon it, you'll fully understand it. But understand this in the here and the now. Um, if you teach, we need you. And watch this. If you're not a teacher and you're just listening today, we need you too because at the end of the day, you're still an educator because anyone who adds value is what I call an educator. So with that being said, do me a favor. Understand that the world that we live in is our classroom. And this thing called life, as crazy as it is sometimes, it's simply a class. So do me a favor. Make your classroom sound. Make your teaching epic. And I promise you, promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, keep on going. Your sound will change the world if you do just that. See the sound, MickeySmithJr.com. Can you hear the sound? heartbeat of that motherless child as we search for love we all need a warmth of a smile there's a sound that is so sweet when we hear child you belong so let our words of love flow freely like a river strong and let us the sound to change the world. Let us be the sound to change the world. Let us be the sound to change the world. Sound.